Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Takba, University of Lethbridge, Country Kitchen Catering, Shaw TV, who broadcast sessions Sundays at 4.30, CKXU 88.3 FM, who puts us on live radio, and the Lethbridge Herald and other media who cover SACPA. Uh, upcoming sessions are available on the SACPA website, and there's also an archive where you can listen to uh, this and past sessions. Um, there are a couple sessions uh, coming up, which I'll announce. Uh, this afternoon, in the Student Union Ballroom at University of Lethbridge, uh, Building Bridges, Academia in the Community, with John Calderazao and Sue Ellen Campbell, will be going on. Um, question of uh, making uh, academia more understandable and building knowledge and conversations into the community. Some of the things they've done uh, are, are available, uh, takes on climate change, and uh, probably an interesting presentation. If you want to do something before supper, you can go over there. Uh, free parking in Lot E, that's important. And next week's session will be about municipal politics in Alberta here at noon again. Um, fewer than 30% of the population bothered to vote here. Uh, and often uh, when there's a, a contingency for mayor like there was here, you'd think more of the population would be interested. We did have 29 candidates. Um, Paul Ferry will be presenting and reviewing the municipal elections in Alberta in 2013. Um, but now, I'm sure you've had a chance to discuss and talk about Idle No More and the significance of this important movement for the people of Canada, uh, their leadership in opposing the omnibus bill, which affects us all with the uh, infringements on the environment and the navigable waters of our country. But I want to invite Lori Braverock back up. Um, the microphone for audience questions is just there on the side. Um, and uh, come up to the microphone, state your name when you come, and I will be moderating the session. So once again, uh, let's have a round of applause for Lori. She's here to field the questions. so much for your amazing presentation. It was uh, really encouraging to see how active uh, Idle No More is. Uh, I've got so many questions. I've been following the fracking as best as I can and, um, you know, I, I love... Pardon? Oh, Rena Wass. <laughs> Sorry. Hi, Rena. Hi. Um, 
I've got so many questions. Um, I love the idea, well, the idea, the, the connection that the natives have to Mother Earth, how you view the, the sacredness of our land, our air, our water. But I, I, you know, I wonder, like, how is it that the council was swayed into allowing fracking on the land? And did the council go to um, uh, Cardston and talk to the council there about allowing them to use the water? These are some of the questions that I've got. There's lots more, but could you maybe enlighten us on those two? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> in regards to council, I was just actually talking about this. Uh, the decision that was made was done without any consultation with the blood tribe members. We had uh, we were supposed to have a referendum vote, uh, basically on the First Nations uh, Money Management Act. Um, but it, it was basically called phenogma. Um, I might I may have left a word out there, but um, this was just basically a vote that uh, was to give the tribe the authority uh, to negotiate these agreements, whatever that may be. But we never actually had the vote, and that we were just informed uh, by a newsletter that the vote was going to be held off indefinitely. So there was no consultation. Uh, the first meeting was held on October 20th. The, uh, and so that's when I first found out about fracking. We thought we were going to the community meeting to learn about the uh, 100, over 130 producing oil wells that we already have. Um, and so we still don't know where the revenues or the royalties or anything go in regards to those leases. We've never had an open house for Bonavista Petroleum that I'm assuming is uh, in control of those uh, particular wells. We only went to the information meeting and learned about fracking and learned from Murphy Oil and from Bowood Energy, but we have no idea. Um, we don't have that transparency. We don't have that kind of uh, relationship historically with our chief and council. Um, but we have hope. You know, we have a new council. They haven't even been in, uh, well, actually, this month they'll be in one year. Um, but we can't, we're not expecting things to change overnight. Uh, a lot of our new council are, they're younger, they're more educated, they're more aware of these issues. We had uh, some concerns with our previous council and some of the members there. So it, it, I guess it's just like any other uh, form of leadership is that, you know, if you don't have the right people in there, then these decisions are going to get made, and then they're going to be made for whoever comes after them. Uh, so for me, the whole thing was not a point of blaming anyone in particular, because with the reserve, it, it's very difficult, because you're not, you're not going to pick a fight just with one person. You're going to pick a fight with a whole family. You know, so for me, with an issue so sensitive as this, that it can divide communities, um, I, I don't, you know, to me, I, I don't really put much energy in the, you know, uh, for blaming, because wh where is that going to get us? If, if I'm going to sit here and blame anybody, then we're going to have to go back 50-some-odd years to whoever first allowed this. But to me, the biggest issue is still with our Canadian government. We don't own the mineral rights. We're not the ones benefiting, you know, uh, in, in the big money because we're basically giving them this product. 
we don't own the mineral rights. I mean, basically, the Crown owns the mineral rights all across Canada, as far as I'm aware. You know, so uh, where people down in the States would become millionaires uh, over the mineral rights from their fracking, we're just getting change. You know, we're getting chump change. You know, so, uh, but in, in regards to Cardston, uh, the person that actually told me about the purchasing of the water there was actually a town council member, and he seemed pretty happy about it because they were making money off of the water that was being sold. So it's not something that they see any problem with. And when we got involved with the issue of fracking, uh, I had actually been, I and William had actually been members of the Clue Kainai Lethbridge Earth Watch, but we, we, we had to step back from that because we just didn't have the money at the time. We didn't have the fundraising knowledge and, and all of the backing that we have behind Idle No More. So that's why I'm kind of happy that this issue is coming up now with Idle No More. Um, not so happy with how it came about with Elsa Puktuk, but um, you know now that this is, is pushing it to the forefront. So these are issues that are, are go going to be coming up now. So. Uh, Terry Shellington, thank you very much for your presentation. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, it's very thoughtful. Um, at our table, we have a question that is fairly elementary, maybe, but I'm not clear about the answer. <clears throat> um, I'm not clear on the constituency for this Idle No More group. Uh, do you see yourself as a uh, movement of, of the Blood Reserve? or of uh, Blackfoot people. I, I've attended events in uh, Galt Gardens, uh, I've been supportive, but I, I'm unclear about, do you see yourselves as an interracial group or as a Blackfoot movement, or um, who do you claim as your constituency, you know? Um, basically, that, that's what's so unique about this movement. There, you know, and again, we were talking about this earlier, is that each community is different. You know, some... First Nation tribes don't actually, <clears throat> excuse me, have treaties, and in particular BC, you know, so their their whole you know issue around the Idle No More movement may not have anything to do with the treaties because they never signed them, they never ceded their lands, you know, so it 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 makes it different in how we approach uh, the issues that we're that are relating to us, and even even within our communities. So for me, I see us as a part of the whole. We have, uh, there's I don't know more groups that are basically, you know, down in the U.S. Um, we've even had uh, like an indigenous movement where people are recognizing I don't know more um, other indigenous nations in other countries around the world. So I see us more as like a chapter of, you know, this movement. We're the Blood Tribe chapter, but we will support other chapters. If, you know, like we were up in Calgary, uh, they have their own chapter. They, you know, they have the Treaty 7 area, the other members that are there. Um, you know, so we just see different, you know, First Nations groups kind of tailoring Idle No More to themselves and their, their unique issues, their unique, what they're dealing with. So I think that's why it just kind of differs for every tribe. But I see us all as a whole, just different chapters. Uh, Trevor Page, uh, thanks very much for your presentation. It's quite clear that you and a group of people 
here are very active. I have two questions. One deals at the national level, and the other one brings it back close to home. Uh, at the national level, are you satisfied that National Chief Sean Atlio is really representing your concerns? I mean, we heard quite a lot when Theresa Spence was on her hunger strike, but Apiwapiskat seems to have died down. And so the question is, are you satisfied that the National Chief is representing your concerns? And the second question brings it right back to the local level. And as you said, that the bulk of the Blood Tribe were not consulted when Murphy Oil and Bowood moved in. So have you protested that to your chief and council? Are you demonstrating against the action that they took? Thank you. Okay. Um, uh, in regards to Sean Atlio, I, you know, again, this is something that I've never really bothered to, like, understand what, how our whole system works. And actually, my husband is a lot more uh, educated on that, on that topic. But I, I find that a lot of the things that he does, his actions, they kind of conflict with other actions that he does. You know, we saw reports where uh, the previous uh, AFN chief, Phil Fontaine, was actually, uh, it came out in some RCMP documents that he was actually helping the RCMP to squash uh, an uprising from a, a group um, of First Nations that were protesting, I believe, back in 2007. And... Then they, the question arose, well, is the AFN still have this relationship with the RCMP? You know, so for me, I, I don't really pay attention much to uh, what they're doing because I, I look at our, you know, and I, I guess I can't say it's <laughs> when you look at what's happening with the Senate and, and when they talk about, you know, when they're in there and you hear them arguing and they're going back and forth and, and I think, you know, that system is basically what every other system of leadership is based on, you know, from from the top down. And and I don't think that's any different with our AFN leadership, and I don't think that's any different with our own blood tribe leadership. Again, you know, we <clears throat> would have liked to have, uh, you know, done, done the petition and all of that, and, and some petitions were uh, drafted, uh, when we started doing the fracking. But for me, my focus personally was just always on educating people about the issue because at the time that this happened, there were so many of our, our members who had no idea what fracking was. So my goal was basically like, how can we, you know, this small group go and petition our chief and council when there's not enough of us. So my focus was always to try to educate everybody on this issue, and then we can move towards that. And, and I'm hoping that, again, that's where we're leading to today. So this is something that is still in my mind to bring it forth to our new council. A good majority of the old council was replaced, but we still have the same chief. Um, and again, you know, for me, I, I look at... I look at it this way. You look at the government and you see 
we've got uh, Elsa Puktuk and we've got the Beaver Lake Cree. We've got some information out the, on the front there. And they're fighting the government. And, and even though they're fighting the government, they're taking them to court, they're doing all of these things, and the government is still extracting these resources from their lands. So you can either be a tribe that is going to fight them and, and still lose, or, you know, what our leadership basically has done, you know, again, going back almost 50 years, which was basically to try to work with the government. And all of these efforts, you know, that's all I can hope is that our leadership saw, you know, maybe they didn't understand everything fully at the time and just saw this as an opportunity for our people and, and not really knowing the risks until now. Look how big this issue has become. So I'm hoping that this is something that we can still work towards. That's why I'm not stopping in my uh, campaign to raise awareness about this issue on the reserve because it is something that, you know, I don't, I'm not in the drilling zone now. I mean, we, our water comes from a well, and that's always been my concern because if, I don't, if we don't stop this, you know, from happening, I will be in the drilling zone soon. You know, this, the, the, you know, if we've already leased out this much of our reserve, you know, what's to stop leasing out the rest of it? So there's still work to be done, and, and there's, you know, we're, we're not giving up on that. So it's something that we're still actively pursuing. Hi, my name is Knut Peterson. Thanks for coming, Lori, and thanks for standing up and be counted. My question is uh, related to the drilling and proposed drilling in West Lethbridge. I wonder if you could relate uh, something that happened on the reserve, uh, that drilling rig that you showed on your slide close to the school. I wonder if you could relate to what happened uh, one day uh, related to that drilling rig. Sure. Um, we had the, that was the first uh, drilling rig, uh, no, actually that was the second drilling rig set up by Murphy Oil on the southern portion of the reserve. When that rig went up, um, it bothered us on a lot of levels. Uh, we, we fish not very far from there, and that, that road is actually a road that we used to access through the field to get to this fishing spot, and, and we no longer have access to that now because it belongs to the company. Um, when we were at home one day and we'd, had, we'd heard uh, reports um, that some kids were sick from the school, we heard reports that there were tremors uh, that were being felt um, by members that live close to this this particular well. And uh, it was actually, um, we heard the report had originated from our one of the three council members who actually was voted against the fracking um, because we had a, we had the 12 chief and uh, council members and three of them were not in support of the decision to allow fracking. So it was actually one of the council members that didn't support fracking who actually this, who, who broke this story. But I'd never been able to speak to him about it. I, I just, you know, when, when we see him, it's just always in passing. So I never had anything uh, substantial verifying these reports until Murphy Oil uh, 
submitted a written apology and they apologized for the odors they apologized for and they they said that the tremors were actually naturally occurring so they did not uh they did not accept responsibility for that but the timing was i mean how how could it not be um and they also talked about some concerns that were brought up with the with water at the school so it wasn't until murphy uh, oil came out with this apology and if you go to the kainai resources incorporated uh, it's kainai resources inc.org uh, you can find the report from murphy oil there and i i have a copy that i brought but i didn't make copies to distribute but it, it's it's on the the kri website there and and i think you actually got to go through uh, if you can't find it there you go through the bloodtribe.org um, website, their website, and they have a link to kind of resources incorporated, and the report is there from Murphy Oil. So that's what I base my information on because I've. Uh, it wasn't until they they submitted that written apology that actually verified it for me. But I've never actually heard or spoken to any anyone that was actually affected by this. But it, I guess the truth is in the in the writing, right? Laurie, thanks for your presentation. My name is Douglas Mitchell. I just would like to switch gears a little bit. We come here to be informed. We are largely, I suspect, an aging middle-class uh, audience. And what we really come here to be is come to be informed. We're certainly uh, in tune with you in regard to our concerns about fracking and water. But what I would like to ask you is, how do you feel we as uh, members of the, the incomers to this country could help to move this along uh, to address your concerns? Um, we just are always looking for, you know, new allies. I think that's what, you know, has been really uh, in inspiring out of this whole movement is actually seeing the allies that we have. And they're, you know, they come out of the woodwork and we're just so humbled by that, you know, to have that kind of support. And, you know, there's just, you know, with everything that we do, I mean, you saw how many uh, activities we have. And, and, you know, one of the ways I think... Uh, every movement can probably use assistance is just financially because nobody pays us to do what we're doing. Nobody, you know, is paying me to put this presentation together for you today. It's just because of what we're facing that is motivating, you know, us to carry on and, and to put this much hard work and this much effort into it because we, we see what we're about to lose. We see what we're about to face here. I mean, me, I, I've never um, felt that anywhere else was home but where I live today. I lived here in Lethbridge for about 12 years, and um, I even had somebody that just couldn't believe that I actually wanted to move back home to the reserve. Why would you want to move back there? You know, everything, you, you know, you, you escaped, you got away. <laughs> and I, I was like, no. <laughs> I mean, look what I grew up with. I grew up with, you know, water, a, a river, you know, that was my backyard. You know, that's not something I had to drive to get to. It was not something that I had to go and seek somewhere else it was just right there and that's what I have today in my home you know and and that to me was important like I I 
can't imagine being anywhere other than where I'm at, at home on the reserve. Um, and I think, you know, even with all the problems that we do have on the reserve, I, I still wouldn't choose to live anywhere else. You know, that's my, that's where I belong. It's where we belong. Um, so for me, going back to that, though, I think um, just sharing these stories, uh, you know, supporting any way that you can. We do a lot of uh, fundraising efforts. Um, so for me, it's just, you know, on that level uh, to just assist us to keep doing more, you know, and, and we always appreciate any, any assistance. So um, just whatever anyone can do. I, I always say, um, you know, just be active, you know, whatever, whatever level of active that is for you, but just, you know, get out there and, and do something on whatever you feel is, you know, at your level to be able to provide, you know, support, you know, we, we appreciate all of it. So, yeah. Laurie, my name is Tom Kane, and I, uh, one of the group that you uh, got together in a few hours to go to Mayor McGrath for the Idle No More rally, and uh, that was, it's great when uh, the people who are here first in our land invite us to join them in a protest. Sometimes I've held back and didn't feel welcome. When I first came to Lethbridge 38 years ago, there was, I was um, exposing some of the racism against people with disabilities. And the way I'd get people into it, I said, now, who's, who in our society is uh, uh, the ones that receive the most racism? And it was always Aboriginal people. So I was trying to get uh, them to catch up to understand, well, people with disabilities get treated as bad as you were getting treated. Now I get an invitation from you to come and stand beside you on Mayor McGrath Drive. And congratulations, we started that on a day when there was violent protests going on in New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and we started, you invited us to come for a smudge on a windy day at the back of a truck, so we had our own truck party, but it wasn't the truck party which would have been your stereotype. It was a smudge and a prayer in your language. And then we stood beside a big, uh, one of your best banners that day wasn't in your picture. It was the one of the globe seen from uh, out, out of outside Earth from the spaceship. And that's on one of your most beautiful banners. So you've done a lot to bring the issues um, into our awareness. I would like to, my question is, what would you see happening next? Uh, like you're the Blood Tribe Idle No More group, but in the city of Lethbridge, we can't be involved as much except by invitation to go on the reserve. We'd like to invite you to be involved in the issues inside the city of Lethbridge about the environment. We have an environmental group that is getting going, and we need Aboriginal representation on that. How would you see the citizens of Lethbridge of Aboriginal uh, origin, how can they get involved in the city with issues that are beyond just fracking? But we have to solve some of the water issues and some of the pollution issues and get green energy coming. We have to do that together, and it's more with the Alberta government than you're always burdened with what the... Harper government does to you. But the Alberta government is doing terrible yes. things too. They're in charge of that uh, Alberta Energy um, Conservation Board. So what, what can we do together inside the city of Lethbridge? Uh, I think one of the great resources that we have now is the Aboriginal Council of Lethbridge. They're, you know, a culmination of all of the native organizations that uh, operate within the city. 
And uh, for me, that's one of the things that I really love about this Idle No More movement is that it it's basically and you know it it is all inclusive. It, it it involves everybody. That That's why I really loved what uh, the Public Service Alliance is doing and why we provided some of their information out there today is because that message that they have that we are all affected. I, I wish that was the idle no more messages, you know, I mean, but it's great that there are allies and it's great that they have that support and, and they're kind of opening that door. And it's been, you know, we, we've, even with the Idle No More movement, we've been experiencing racism. We had, uh, there was an anti-Idle No More rally that was actually held here. There was a letter that we were given that they were going to, they were going to call the group Pay No More and, uh, and, and refuse to pay uh, their taxes so that they wouldn't be, get, so uh, First Nations people would not be receiving social services. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the, the racism issue is always one that's a difficult one to break down. It's, it's been, uh, for us, we've just seen so many changes now with the Idle No More movement, with it being involving so many people. I mean, even uh, Sheila McLean, one of, one of the founders, uh, she's not even uh, First Nations, but she was actually one of the founders of Idle No More. So for us, this has been an experience that we see everyone having a place in. Um, we do our best to get our message out there, um, but again, like we live on the reserve and we drive, you know, it takes us a little over an hour just to get here to Lethbridge. So it's, it's you know, regionally it's tough, but uh, social media has been a really, really key part in the Idle No More movement. So that's why I provided these, uh, you know, links here because that's a great way to reach uh, people that are within this movement. We have so many members. We have a Blood Tribe Idle No More page. Um, maybe some of those issues could actually be, uh, if you look for me on Facebook, I, if, it, if it's an issue that I think affects Lethbridge residents because so many of our members actually reside here in Lethbridge, that these issues are affecting them as well. So we're seeing that you know we're bringing these issues, especially the one in regards to fracking, uh, on the west side is something that uh, is going to affect our members as well. So um, I think that's a great opportunity is to just contact us through social media, and that's one place where we can all come together, um, you know, instantly. So, yeah. Uh, just before the last question, I just got a note that <clears throat> there's a condolence card at the front desk if anyone wants to sign for Peter Green. And thank you again, Lori. And this will be the last question for the day. Hello, Lori. Hi. My name is Frank J. Toth. Uh, I want to thank you very much for showing us the way. I grew up adjacent to one of the reserves. I have learned so much from your, from your elders. This is a glaring example of what the hell is the matter with our system. We have a 23% numerically government tail wagging the rest of the country representing the oil companies. They are actually a shill of the oil companies. Now, the, the need for a change of our electoral system is basic to anything else we can do. See what I'm getting at? The specialists, experts, electrical governing say this could never happen 
with a decent electoral system where you act, we, we, we elect people, not parties to represent us. How would your, your nations who are shown in the way, we should be all up in arms, being usurped. We're 51st in the world, uh, 40, f f no, 45th in the world in freedom and democracy. Uh, I'm not telling you people much. This is in the news. We're lepers in the environmental history of Canada. And here we go, the tail wagon, all the rest of us people, okay? How can we get this across to the rest of Canada? You people are showing us the way that we should be doing. How can we... Not even a political leader is talking about changing our electoral system that's allow a peanut patch of people to, to run the government. <laughs> well, I, I'm for me, I, I think, again, just hoping that the Idle No More movement, you know, carries on with the momentum that it's gained over the past year. Where, you know, we've already gone past uh, the Idle No More, uh, the very first time that it was actually used, the, the term Idle No More back on November 10th. Uh, so, and then we're coming up to our uh, anniversary with the Blood Tribe in our very first rally. Um, and for me, I just think that's the only way is to be organized. You know, that's what this movement is doing for us. It's, you know, it's pulling us together. It's organizing us. It's, it's taught us so much. And that's why we, you know, don't turn any opportunity down to come and talk to anybody about this because, you know, we see that it, it, we, we have so many people that we have to reach. We have so many people that we want to pull in and help us, you know, get these issues dealt with. You know, we, we're, we want to have a big campaign with the next election to really get our people out there to vote. You know, I, I have to say I'm guilty. I've, I've never really voted um, when it comes to the federal or provincial or anything like that because I, I've just always felt that uh, nobody ever has First Nations, uh, you know, concerns uh, at the top of their list so you know why do why should I bother you know so I participated in our elections on the tribe and in a lot of cases the the people that we vote don't actually get in but I mean it's probably the same with because uh, was it David Suzuki was just saying that he uh, in all the years he's voted not one of the parties he's ever voted with ever came close to actually running the country so you know I think this is something that um, I just hope that they you know to be continue to be more organized and to deal with these issues together um, again like I said the public service alliance we are all affected you know all Canadians those that omnibus bill wasn't just targeted just at First Nations you know it affected so many Canadians the democratic process democratic process and everything um, and and even in the, when the, with the issue of racism when I when I uh, showed dr. Curry there uh, I'm not sure of how many of you are aware of the uh, bill c304 that Stephen Harper passed I think it was in August of 2012 and this was a day um, that the white supremacist in Canada actually celebrated Stephen Harper's move to uh, in regards to this bill c304 which uh, took away the right from, I believe it was the United Nations, to actually investigate hate speech on the, on the Internet. 
And so when he removed this from Bill C-304, all the white supremacists went out and had a rally across Canada that day celebrating Stephen Harper's move. So for me, I think the whole issue of racism, it actually comes right down from the top. He makes it okay for everyone that is racist to be racist against First Nations. So um, for me, I just hope that we continue to work together that um, message we're all affected, we're all in this together, we all only have this one planet, we all share everything, everything is connected, and like I said before, we're all connected by our most basic of needs, you know, the clean water, clean air, clean environments, that's something that goes all across the board, it's not just for First Nations, it's not f just for non-natives, non or even people that are not from this country, it's something that affects everybody, so just continue to be more organized, uh, continue to show support for all the movements that exist out there today, all the different uh, organizations that are coming up in regards to the environment. Uh, again, with the Old Man Watershed, there's just so many opportunities for everybody to get involved at some level in regards to w protecting our water and our future for all, their, all our generations, all our future generations. So with that, I'll, I'll just say... Thank you for having us here today and uh, for giving us this opportunity to share uh, what I Don't Know More has basically meant to us within this past year. So, and we'll, we'll stay busy, we're going to stay active, and we look forward to having your guys' support in the future. Thank you. Thank you.